Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm here morning, of course, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lots to discuss now. Arsenal take on first Spurs at the Tottenham Stadium. I mean, I still can't get to say Tottenham Stadium. For me, it's still white Tottenham. <laughs> I think we just extended it, okay. Um, yeah, with with Man United seeing of Man City uh, in a two-one win in the derby, it really teed up the, the the North London derby because I mean the players looked also in the you know in the look more in the zone like leading up to the game because I mean from the pictures that were shown at training and that they actually did look like they were working hard at this you know like a certain plan that Arteta had for this specific fixture. Um, Arteta went with the trying test. What was your take on the first eleven as well? Yeah, I think it is a good first eleven. I think there's nothing more we, like with this possible team. You know, Zinchenko has has, has shown why we starting. You made of Tierney, Ben White at the right back. You know, has been solid there and also offers a good aerial presence. And then you know the rest of the team pick itself. We don't kind of have anyone to lead the line back in kit here. So you know, no real complaints. Yeah, because I mean, I think also now that it's like a tried and tested team, I, th- I don't think you want to tinker too much with things. I mean, maybe like, you know, in the marginal cases, uh, when you force to, but I think right now you can actually see a more stable team that's set up and I mean, Arteta is getting the best out of it. Um, the match starts, Arsenal immediately on the front foot, trying to force the, uh, you know, the influence on the match. What was your take about that sort of quick start as well? Oh, wait. No, I, I think we, we needed it. I mean, you and I always spoke about... Um... Our Spurs are slow starters, and I think um, we have been starting fast. We could have caught them cold, you know, we could have kind of put an advantage over them and then have, you know, feel our way back into the game with a 1-0 lead or a 2-0 lead or whatever it is, but just try to make your advantage count because, you know, we've seen sometimes when Arsenal play the socks off, don't score goals, and they get pipped when they start tiring. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, seven minute Martinelli chased down a uh, back pass to Lloris. The French keeper ends up, you know, kind of panicking, ends up playing the ball quite fast out to Longley, who in turn also panics as Arsenal are closing in tighter. Uh, Longley then slices his clearance, the ball then breaks to Edin Ketia, who ends up half volleying to the left foot, but Lloris manages to save just. Yeah, I, I, was, I was a bit harsh at Eddie. I was thinking, you know. In, in, in games of this magnitude, those balls need to go into the back of the net, you know, just so that you, you have to make your charges count. I mean, it could have been against a Man City with charges are few and far between. Um, but that being said, you know, you could see after that, Hugo Lloris was um, you know, rattled by that kick, that, that missed kick because, you know, as a player, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're now... You know, nervous, you start to doubt yourself, and it started to keep into his game. Yeah. Then, uh, ninth minute, Martinelli, Saka ended up getting into, uh, you know, the like free reign. Uh, Zinchenko by now started to move himself into midfield and adding to extra bodies there, you know, starting to flood the midfield. Spurs were struggling at that point. I even saw Zinchenko playing on the right hand side of the field at times. Yeah, I don't really remember he was he was even at the right you know, right forward, like right or right back at times even. He was just everywhere on the pitch. Yeah, and then fourteenth minute uh Saka drifts into the Spurs box. Cecilia allows this uh, you know, for him to get the shot off. Lorry's reactions are somewhat slow as the ball goes through his hands, hits his chest and spills into the net. One or Arsenal own goal Lorries. 
Yeah, I'll play Shane. I'll, I'll sorry for Saka that he didn't even get the assist for the goal. I checked out the, I don't know, they changed it, but on the, the Premier League um, web or app, they, they just said no assist for anybody, but the goal gets given to um, oh. own goal, yeah. Uh, I thought maybe he would have gotten something out of the deal, but, you know, I didn't expect a goal to come from that, and I think Arsenal is a team at the moment now that you shouldn't be giving freebies to. And I mean, I watched that, that, that goal now from different um, angles as well. I mean, you can actually see, I mean, look, I've, I've heard my Spurs fans talking about the, all the disappointment and that with, with Lawrence's form this season. And I mean, you can actually see it, it's like somebody that's declining almost like at a rapid rate as a as a professional keeper. Because, I mean, by the time that, that shot gets fired off, I mean, to see when his hands go up, like to try to make the save, it, it's already... When the ball is passed, his hands itself, and then that, like, as I said, flicks off his chest and goes to the net. And his hands are almost like, too slow to, to uh, you know, come up and, and, and parry the ball or palm it over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I said, Arsenal's on the team that needs a second invitation for goals now. So, you know, silly goal for them to concede and gifting Arsenal the lead, 1-0 Arsenal. But, you know, Spurs being Spurs, you just never know what happens. Yeah. Yeah, the minute. Uh, Sessignor managed to slip past the Arsenal defence. Uh, he ends up, you know, Arsenal do start tracking back and start holding him up. But I mean, he still manages to sneak a, almost like a, a, like a no-look pass uh, beyond the Arsenal defence. Son ends up collecting the ball, fires a goal, but I mean, Ramsdale races out so quickly, makes a fantastic save. Yeah, it was a good save, very important save at that point. I mean, you know, Spurs score there, 1-1, and, and, you know, the stadium is rocking, so... Yeah, you know, good save by Ramsdale, and we've spoken about it many times last season of how he saved us points in certain games. Yeah, then 23rd minute, Odegaard starts tuning his range and starts unleashing a bending drive. Loris just manages to palm away, but I mean, that shot came also out of nowhere. Yeah, it reminded me of the Fabriga shot with AC Milan, where he just hits it like unexpectedly because players aren't closing him down. And, and I'm glad Odegaard also st- starting to shoot now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll get back into that after the game, but yeah. Then 25th minute, all Arsenal totally, you know, and then like Spurs try to half clear. Thomas Partey then comes in with a 25-yard rasping rocket that ends up nearly snapping the post. I mean, Laurie is beaten, but I mean, Spurs just clinging on. Yeah, that, that, that should have gone in. Ah, my mouth was wide open and it all clattered off the... The pole, like, it's like I didn't know what was happening afterwards because I couldn't believe what I just saw. And that's such a pity that he did cannon off the bar in, or the pole into the net. It would have probably been the goal of the season. I mean, what was funny was seeing the Spurs fans' reactions behind the goal when he lit up with a shot. Because, I mean, there was actually one guy nearly was like dipping his head like, below the crowd line, thinking the ball's going to come, you know, right across into the crowd. Uh, excellent shot. You can just see he's been working on his shots. I mean, that was just a go in the row scene. his Arsenal career. Yeah. Uh, the 36th minute party, free Saka with a fantastic pass. Saka ends up bursting forward. Uh, when he notices Session, you're backing off. He used that space, you know, before laying the ball off the Odegaard. The skipper then tees up and then let's fly from about 20 yards. The ball bounces a few times and nestles into the net. 2 0 Arsenal. Oh, what a goal. What a build. I mean, I think Partey also did well to start things off there. 
Um, do not the Arsenal, but you know you especially in the open advantage. But now you now you at the back of your mind thinking, I'm sure just get to halftime, like I said, there's probably gonna be a Spurs onslaught coming. Yeah, and then forty first minute or for actually forty uh, yeah, forty seven more like forty seven minute. Uh Kane Tess Ramza was a glancing here. The, the England number three manages to scoop the ball away as uh, Spurs trying to get the consolation just before half time. Then forty uh, eighth minute Oiberg tries to con the ref with a you know a bizarre looking dive. But I mean the, makes more of a fool of himself and I mean the ref calls time going into half time. Yeah, I know that save from Rance was critical because it would have been lifted the, the roof of the stadium with, with going into halftime and, you know, changing the team tone completely. Yeah. And I mean, look, I told you also, like, as we now approach the second half, I told you, look, we need to somehow consolidate because we're going to, you know, a storm is coming now, that second half. Like, this was probably the first five or ten minutes. And I mean, storm, uh, storm really did come tenfold because 48 minutes immediately, Kozielski surges forward. He almost like starts getting his, his bearings as he's like taking pot shots now, but you know, almost like trying to angle the ball closer, closer to goal with every opportunity he was getting. Yeah, I know. I think they livened up and 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 in the back of my head, you know, when, when you when you're mentioning this now and they're starting the attacks, I'm just saying to myself, you know, one goal here kind of shakes things up, brings nerves that you know, you're away from home, the crowd is there, so I was just hoping Arsenal can, you know, hopefully snatch a third on the counter while Tottenham are really pushing the lines. Yeah, that's 50th minute. Kruzewski again spins off Granit Xhaka, ends up feeding Harry Kane, and then I mean, the Sam Ramsdale again pulls up a fine shot with a, a Kane shot looking like it's going for the top corner. Yeah, no, uh, Ramsdale was making excellent saves, and all I was just to was uh, I I think I was just got up from my seat and just started walking and pacing while watching because, you know, I'm thinking East Spurs going to equalize, I'm not equalize, pull one back any minute now because yeah. they were literally relentless on our goal. Yeah. Then for the second minute, Spurs in ascendancy as Cecilio this time runs through on a one-two pass. The, def- the defense almost like being uh, dissected for the first time. This time, Ramsdale also denies him with a boot, but I mean, fantastic save again. Yeah, he got down very quickly and to get his foot out like that was was something else. And, and like I said, I, I couldn't sit down. I was pacing up and down. And I just yeah. wanted to ask, yeah. Just a side note, if you get if any of even the listeners get the chance, just watch that that chance of session you again. Just watch how Ben White actually shouts in his ear before he pulls the trigger. And I think that was <laughs> enough makes him shank the ball somewhat wide. I mean, I think he, he knew where he was gonna place the ball, but I think just that that shot of Ben White in his ear makes him actually drag that shot a little bit, which you know gets Ramsdale to make a you know a, a fine save. But just like as I said, when done with the podcast, just have a look at that that scene again when it's in your shoes when they have a close up of it. You see, I'll, I will do that. I'll definitely do that, and I, I I won't lie. After that shot, I was waiting for the ball, the net to bulge actually. Yeah, and from that angle, <laughs> it looked like it was gonna uh, spin in. It's a nice minute. Jaka lofts the ball to Eden Ketia as Arsenal hits Spurs on the break. It is uh, first touch is not that good. I mean, that almost like allows Loris to get close to him. By the time Eddie gets a shot off, uh, Loris ends up diverting the ball away. That should have been games that match. Uh, uh, like I said to you, and Ketia is up in that point. His work rate was very good off the ball. He's, he's involving himself in the play. It was good, but. 
you know, he's finishing. I mean, he had two good opportunities, which if he had to finish either one of them, it could have been game set match. Yeah, the 24th minute, Hoiberg this time ends up blocking a, a goal bound shot by Eden Ketier. I mean, Spurs at, one, at, some, at this point now also like, you know, just clinging on now because Arsenal now slowly suddenly kicking to overdrive again. Uh, they make the change again, 29th minute. Tierney comes on, Martinelli goes off. Uh, then Spurs now, of course, in that time also brought Richarlison on. Uh, he ends up getting a chance at the third minute, but he just fires straight at Ramsdale. Uh, what was your take now, like, as we now go into the last few minutes? Are you thinking now, it's fine if they do get the goal in here, or, you know, just hold them at bay? Yeah? I was thinking I will hold them at bay because a goal, and I'll speak maybe as we go on, a goal can... What I've seen in the World Cup, what I've seen in, like you know, in the Premier League recently, um, yeah. a goal just rattles the cages and the home fans are on your case. Yeah. Obviously, this team has a good mentality, but I mean, you know, you don't want the fans in your ear, the players fired up, and it just makes for a tricky ending. So I was thinking to myself, just please hold them at bay. The 84th minute came and just to graft himself, you know, in a good position, he ends up laying the ball off. And tees up, uh, Son ends up seeing a shot blocked for a corner. As you know, Spurs not just doing everything now. At the end, 86th minute, Arsenal make another substitution. Tommy Asu comes on, uh, Zinchenko comes off. Uh, then, 93rd minute, Arsenal make again that, that final few changes as they're not trying to eat up some of the injury time as well. With Vieira and Smith coming on, and Nketiah and Odegaard coming off. I mean, even oh. the, the yeah, go on. I was I was shouting at Arteta to take Saka or Saliba both off just to kind of shield him from the uh, red card as the game I mean the red card the yellow card to I'll say Mr. United game. So at yeah. some point I was thinking to myself, when's he taking Saka off or Saliba off or at least Saka? I don't, I would rather let Saka miss another game than miss the the, the game against United. Yeah. So I mean like the lads hold on and see us through like with the three points. Uh, and I mean, whether, as I said before, the City derby uh, defeat for, for um, Man City, it's Arsenal go eight points clear. Yeah, eight points clear. And, and I tell you, um, what, when they pull, and, and this is where that, that one goal comes in, where I was watching the Tottenham game. Like, I only tuned in at half time, and I said they were 2 0 up, and I was thinking to myself, you know, deep down, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have an opportunity to go 11 points clear. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if we get, you know, into double digits, I'll start believing that we could actually win the league. But then obviously City just that one goal that they scored led to another and led to another. And then, you know, they later on, they finishing the game. I was thinking, you know, so Spurs are useless. I mean, what I what I didn't understand was, I mean, if you, look, you know what to expect. You're already at the 88. And I mean, you kind of gifted two goals. And I mean, you... Yeah. The way they came out, it was like so sleepy or dozy or whatever. But I mean, they were caught like cold with that Alvarez goal, and then all of a sudden, you knew on oh, God, like you know, within like <laughs> four minutes, they're gonna get the second, which they did through Ireland. And then you think, like, what's gonna happen? Because then I, afterwards, I was already uh, telling my son, I see like a six-two playing out here because there's just like no attack or no answer. Yeah. I mean, when they were, when Spurs were going forward, they were not doing anything with the ball. I think they had like one good chance, but it's also like that what you said, when you get the opportunity, you try to bury it, no matter how difficult or whatever it is, because 
you, those chances are not going to come, especially if they're in that sort of mood that you saw that second off. They're not going to come that quick. So, I mean, you should have buried it, but fully, full on the agree what you said. Spurs did go full Spurs in that game. Um, yeah, so Arsenal next match uh, tomorrow against Man United. I mean, yes, the return of the old foe. Uh, I mean, for, for me, it's still, in my personal feeling, I still, like, you know, still feel hard done by uh, the Old Trafford loss. Yeah. For me, like, it, like, you know, yeah, losing 3-1, but I mean, there was also us getting denied a, a goal, which like, after the fact that they said that, yeah, the goal should have stood off Martinelli because there wasn't that much contact from Odegaard on not, not know that the player was on the ball at the time. And then, uh, also followed by Arteta panicking subs- with his substitutions because just as we got into the game, he kind of made that sort of cluster of, of changes. And I think it also like totally knocked the team off balance. And, and like people like Vieira and just couldn't get to the pace of the game while, you know, those that he hauled off were starting to really up the, the ante in the game. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And I still feel like that foul, that, you know, that Ericsson foul was debatable. Um, like you said, Arsenal were the only worst enemy in that game. I think we were so confident when we made it 1-1, we thought we were going to win the game. Because I'll be um, honest with you, at 1-1, I thought, yeah, I know this is our game for the taking. The confidence were, was quite high, but, you know, we welcome Man United to the Emirates after beating them, you know, five in our last seven home games against them. So, you know, if we can keep up that form, I think a, a win against United kind of, takes him completely um, out of the title race, basically. Because, I mean, they, they, they're still there and they're about, you know, a win for them kind of drags them closer to us. But if we, I think, beat them, we think the points clearly goes to, what's it, 12 points or 13 points? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, United going to this game with uh, Rashford, eight goals, Fernandes four, and Anthony three, and, I mean, with the assist, Ericsson at seven, Fernandez uh, three and Casimiro who's like missing that little yellow card suspension. He's also like on three. With Arsenal, it's again Odegaard with a goal scoring chance. He's up there with eight. Martinelli seven and Saka six. With assist column, uh, Saka's got seven assists. Odegaard five and Gabriel Jesus three. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tight affair. I think you know Arsenal. Obviously, even if you look at the bookies, what they're saying, Arsenal are the favourite in this game. I think United losing Casemiro could be key, even though somebody said, yeah, you know, United beat Arsenal without Casemiro when they played at Old Trafford. But I definitely think the Arsenal crowd will be rocking. We'll be up for it. And I think it's just about kind of keeping Rashford quiet because I think he's been the form player as well as Fernandez. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I probably see, like, the way, I mean, I, my take now, in my opinion. I see Man United probably totally throwing the original tactics out of the window. I think they're going to probably go a sort of thing the way Newcastle did. Although, look, they might try in the beginning to play their way in the way Ten Hag is not rolled into them. But I think if they're going to see, you know, they're going to they, they're going to make themselves too vulnerable. I think they're going to go into a sort of Newcastle way of playing and just try try to sit in, in, in two banks of four and just try to eat us in the break every time they get an opportunity. Um, I think with Arsenal, again, Arsenal plays sort of high octane football where they want to, they're going to try to press to get that like the goal in the first one to fifteen minutes of the game. I think they're going to probably try to get very early goal to set the, the, the tempo and standard of the the way that is the game plan. So. 
I think it's very important because this United side has the ability to 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 eat the team on the counter attack. I mean, they have kind of deadly finishes in their side. You know, unlike Newcastle, who sometimes you know, scuff the chances. Whereas uh, Man United, you know, you give them maybe three silly chances and you could find yourself two 0 behind. So it's it's vital that Arsenal are switched on at times and kind of if they can get. You know, I know it's asking for a lot, but if they can do the same with the Dieter Spurs by getting yeah. two goals in the first half or the first, you know, bit of the first half, um, you know, you can you can really kill Man United because they all play and you start to eat you on the counter attack. I mean, you saw, you know, Gate City, even though that goal was wrongfully not a goal, it just took one pass from midfield, splitting the defense and, you know, the offside Rashford shielding the ball. And then once again, you know, Rashford getting in a, in a position, City's defenders sleeping, and they concede another. Yeah. I think it's also one of those, those moments also that's going to play out tomorrow where Arteta's going to probably tell them, look, you've got your destiny in your hands. I mean, I can I can teach you whatever the way of, of you know, the football and tactics and that, but I mean, once you're on that, that pitch, it's going to be up to you to, you know, give you all if you want to have that, you know, that, the Premier League trophy in your hands and that middle hanging around your neck. So it's going to be up to, you know, the players in the field. And I think you can also see they also have that sort of steely look to themselves already before the game. I mean, it's all some smiles and, and, and I mean, you can see there's, there's a solid brotherhood in that team. Yeah. But, I mean, you can actually see when they're in that tunnel. Look, I, I don't like making comparisons on it, but I mean, for me, it, it goes down the years of supporting Arsenal, when you see them in that tunnel and they're already looking in that zone, like, you know, like a gladiator waiting to go to battle, that's so that that sort of look you suddenly get in Odegaard's face when you watch him leading that team on the field. Yeah, no, and, and I, I think that if Arsenal can beat United, I think they'd be lethal skyrocket because, yeah. I mean, you know, they don't, I think, have a big fixture. I mean, besides we will get into the FA Cup, but, yeah. you know, in the Premier League till like the 15th of February, you know, lock horns with, with Manchester City once again. But, yeah. you know, other than that, you kind of have those, I'm not going to say no easy, but those winnable fixtures, yeah. you know, where you can, like, build up pressure, build up pressure. Because if you come to City and, and you know, you, you get to City and you still have your lead intact or something, yeah. I mean, even if you, I'm not, obviously, uh, you don't have beat City, but even if you yeah. walk away with a draw at the Emirates and the game stays, you know, eight points clear or whatever gap you made it by that time, whatever it is, the fact that you still, you've played City and you have that point intact, it's important. Yeah. I mean, they must still go to Anfield as we, I mean, sorry, we, that's Liverpool has come to them. We must still go to Anfield. So there's a lot to play for, but I think first win here will give Arsenal belief if we can beat United. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's, it's always been like that. Whichever title race I watch, whether we involved or not, you, <coughs> excuse me, you want to go or want to have that point in the bag, or almost like yeah. as a safety. Yeah. In case something you know does go awry, but I mean at least you know we've got the points in the bag. You have to try to come and get it, like you know, uh, to almost like uh, uh, you know cut the, the the gap down. Because I think also what 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 having the points in the bag would also do eventually, like in the long term now with this. I think the pressure also heightens on the team that that's chasing because yes, yes. if you if you sudden to start to play in a sort of way where you yes sometimes as they can say it can be robotic. The way you like, especially a top team when they just grinding a team into you know, to into near defeat and that way you just buckle at the pressure. 
and we just keep on chipping away as you said now getting those wins opening again you're gonna see it's gonna get to a point where if if man city or say at half time or, or on the hour and they're still struggling and it's and it's no you're gonna see there's gonna be even more you know output other players and i mean you don't know how they're gonna almost like over fatigue themselves to because they know look that we can't like there's no point where you just can't slip up that type of uh, of pressure you're cranking up yeah and i agree with the other person if arsenal can so I'll keep this gap. I know it's not going to be easy, but if they can keep yeah. a gap, you know, anywhere between seven to ten points, or even if obviously, you know, we can extend it the bet, bet it is. But remember, Champions League is going to come back now, you know. And if if it's going to try to, you know, push themselves in the Champions League, also, you can see they are tired because they pushed themselves quite hard last season. Then there was the World Cup though in between. Obviously, Ireland, well, they didn't compete in the, in the World Cup and things like that, but. The City team, if you're going to put them in the Champions League, I mean, then they're going to have to, you know, I think they play Leipzig or something. But then after that, the Champions League eats up. So now they have to focus on the Champions League and the chasing Arsenal. And somewhere it's got to give in. And like, I always come back to it. I think Pips won the Premier League, what, four times in the last five years. Yeah. I think that Champions League, you know, if it comes to it, you know, obviously I'm not saying they're going to say, OK, yeah, Arsenal, you win the Premier League. But if it comes to it, you know, Champions League or Premier League, I mean, I'm sure City fans will say, OK, yeah, I know what, the, the Champions League is that only grail for them now, because I think that kind of separating them now from supposedly being, you know, a great team that goes down in the history books, because, you know, everybody's won a Premier League, a FA Cup, a EFL Cup, but, you know, for City to finally win a Champions League, you know, no no City manager has done that, yeah. where other City managers have won all the various trophies that Pep's won. Yeah, and I mean, look, that also now, you know, all your points, it goes on our leaders into the uh, FA Cup Friday uh, fixture for us, Man City versus Arsenal at the Etihad. A mega test for Arsenal because, look, yes, we've now, you know, had sort of tests now at, at, at teams that we would normally come unstuck by, like the, the, like the Brighton game and uh, also that Spurs, since we didn't have that good of a run there also at, at White Hotlet. And I think now there's going to be a massive step now because... I think even uh, taking a game like that to to um, say to a replay or whatever at the Emirates could also be you know like I'm gonna say almost like really pushing the limit now for for the team like Man City because yes I would like us to go there to try to sneak something away there I mean it's, look it's gonna be tough it depends also how the like um, who takes the most risk but also who can afford to make the you know sort of changes like this. Look, that keeper of Man City, uh, the backup keeper, he caused a lot of issues in that Carabao Cup game against Southampton. So I wonder, do they now trust that guy enough to let him get in more game time? I mean, I think Arsenal, I think with us, is normally fixed where Matterna will play, whether, you know, whatever. Unless, I mean, Arteta surprises. But I think Arteta's thing now, right now is now to, you know, gun for the Premier League. And especially now with us having like a, a full round of the uh, Europa League off, we can actually, you know, go that with the extra mile now with, with all the fixtures that we think of it, like on the FA Cup, on the Europa League and now Premier League. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, I mean, Arsenal kind of get a, a full on weekend, one day break between match days. And you know, I just wonder if Arsenal are going to, you know, rotate the side in the FA Cup or they're going to try to. Yeah. You know, knock Man City out the FA Cup and suddenly, you know, you stand a very big chance of, 
of going through because I think Chelsea's out of the FA Cup. You know, Spurs being Spurs, they could knock themselves out somewhere. And, I mean, Liverpool in their own right are playing what Brighton away from home. So, you know, like those little kind of games, you beat Man City and you kind of think to yourself, you know, there's a possibility of winning this FA Cup without yeah. even even um, you know, having to, to overextend yourself because you beat Man City and maybe next game you get like a... Uh, they could be out, I'm just saying, with like a Charlton at the Emirates, you know, those type of, of, of games, you know, two games I get and you find yourself in the quarterfinal or semifinal and like you see that week off in the Europa League makes a massive difference while City are going to be playing, you know, yeah, yeah. All, all, all we can hope for is, you know, maybe like a 2-1 victory for City and in the next game they have to, you know, they can't rest on their laurels, they have to push, which means somewhere along the line they're going to have to you know, sacrifice something. Yeah, true. So <clears throat> that leads us also now to the talking, <coughs> talking point section of the podcast. Uh, a busy, busy transfer Friday for us. Um, at times, there was even one deal that caught us both, you know, out of the blue. But I mean, the first transfer coming up was uh, Lissandra Trossard joining what and what you'll bring to the club. What was your thoughts like, when everything started unfolding? You know, obviously the, the, the whole Mujik thing was kind of, you know, it was a bit disappointing the way it all kind of unfolded yeah. because, um, you know, you thought that, yeah, this guy was going to join with this big profile, but then, you know, uh, I was initially, I still spoke to you about Wilfred uh, because you kind of um, want a guy maybe that can um, be Premier League ready, and I think the, the move of Trossard, he, he knows the Premier League. He doesn't need time to adapt. Um, he helps, he grows with the team. He's not going to, he's not worth, you know, 100 million. He's, he's not, there's no pressure on Arsenal to play him every week. You know, I'm not saying that he won't want to play every week, but yeah. there's no pressure on having to force him in the team. He's going to take pressure off the other guys. And, and he knows how to score against big teams. I mean, he even got a, a hat-trick at Anfield. So for me, um, you know, I'm happy with the signing. I think it's money well spent. It's it's not like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not like we paid over the top. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm happy with the signing and I think, you know, he can he can make a massive difference. Will he be able to play in the United game? Uh yeah. The paperwork was done just before twelve yesterday UK time. So He's registered now as an Arsenal player to be even on the bench because he already had, I think, half a session yesterday. And then, like today, I believe Arsenal are doing the like about the morning and early afternoon session before you know everything gets all that kind of toned down before the build up for tomorrow's match. I think you'll be a good X factor to bring on from the bench, even. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, it's going to be his first game, but you never know. You know, Freddie Ljungberg coming on against Man United. For his first game, you know, who knows what could, what could uh, happen? You know, the tink over the keeper to make a three-nil for Arsenal. And I but, mean, what what I find actually amazing, like with also just watching his compilations, also, uh, I mean, the way he, he like he's got, I think that's also our type of player where he's got no respect for for a team's reputation or whatever. Like when you look at the goal at the school, Spurs Edison in, at, at the Etihad. We, by the time Edison was diving to make the save, the balls were in the back of the net. Or the way he went to was Anfield, we scored a hat trick against yeah. the. And 
I mean, he had no qualms, and also that when in that uh, tight fourth game at, at um, Old Trafford, where Man United kept edging themselves, you know, in the game and whatever, and he kept on just pegging them back every time with his performances. Yeah, no, he's definitely a good player, and I think you'll add value. You know, you'll probably play in the FA Cup, you'll play in the Europa League, and, and I think he'll also, you know, sometimes Saka might need a break or Martinelli might need a break. You know, just where you just slot him in with a full strength in the event side. You know, maybe make his charges count, he scores goals, and you have the option of playing Martinelli maybe as a number nine even, or maybe Trotter as a false nine. Well, does it still work with that whole thing when you, if you played for Brighton in the FA Cup, he's cup tied? Does it, uh, I mean, I, I forgot the rules there. You know. Oh, but did, did, he, did he play in the fixture in the FA Cup? Because at the time he was... He was basically ousted by the um, Brighton kind of. I just think Arteta has to watch out. I think you also made mention personally. He's like you kind of have to just kind of tell him, you know, you can't pull those stunts that you did at um, at Brighton. You know, we you know didn't want to be a part of the team, or they kind of just didn't even select him part of the match day squad. But yeah, I'm not sure. I just need to check if it actually. He's played at in the FA Cup in the last fixture when we played Oxford. I mean, if not, I think you know maybe he, he still is able to play in that competition for us. No, I actually got this whole thing on my screen now, and uh, did he come on at all? No, I think I think what you said, yeah, he was already booted from the team. I think. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I still see yeah. yes, yeah. I don't see him anywhere in the team, and I don't know if he was. In the lineup, even or like in the matchday squad, so maybe you know we 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 were quite lucky there too. If we can use him, yeah, I don't think also on the bench even. But I mean, I, I just think also like look, it also leads me now into the the signing of uh, central defender, left the central defender from uh, Spezia, Jakub uh, Kivio. Um, he's like well, I think he's just over six foot two. I think centre back and. So I, I mean, somebody I didn't even notice it was playing at the World Cup for Poland, and I think well, what actually, like from what I've now seen a bit of him yesterday, I mean I don't know that much of him, but from what I saw yesterday, he does look like a, a ball playing centre back, and I think it's a, like he's a left footed uh, centre back as well. I don't know he does not; he's got long, long legs. I mean the way he almost like intertwines and gets the ball off people is amazing to watch him tackle in that compilation they've been showing of him. It just shows probably that 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 um, Arteta definitely sees Ben White as more of a right back then because you know Ben White. I mean, we have four centre backs with holding in there, so I'm assuming that here you know, Toby Asu and Ben White are going to fight for the right back position with Ben White being able to play as a centre back as well should any of the other options get injured. And I think also like you know these two signings, what what has now impressed me also. And also give us a bigger option now with, with Europa League, if we're going to have a sort of uh, run in the Europa League or FA Cup, where you can, you know, give one of the first choice centre-backs like Gabriel or, or Saliba a, a f- actual full rest and let holding and, and this uh, give your, let them take over certain games together as centre-back pairing. No, I agree 100% with you. I just think now we're missing that kind of um, Thomas Party type player. I mean, you're I saw that Kamavenga on loan for six months. I mean, I know players, people are saying, you know, what's the point of signing if we can't keep him? But, I mean, 
you know, he could give us a push to the Premier League title, and who knows, you know, he might even yeah. enjoy playing in the Premier League. Yeah. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoy tomorrow's match. Hope we get the three points. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Let's hope we can beat our old arch enemy at the Emirates. Let's go, Gunners.